the ultimate deck podcast need a show about outdoor living this is where it's at with your host shane chapman and way Loren. thank you for tuning in now let the show begin the ultimate deck podcast let's go welcome back everybody wade and shane from the ultimate deck podcast here with you on this beautiful friday day welcome to the show i'm surprised we remember how to do this we just talked about this the other day this is the first like so some episodes have gone up the last two like the, the last two just went up recently yeah but it's been a while since we we took a hiatus, we've since we started this podcast three years ago, we've hardly missed a week. Like it's been really consistent. Yeah, when we first started, we were not super good, but we like. Started, well, I feel like we were really good. And we start. did a little bit, and then we took some time off, and then we had to like like maybe a week. Yeah, we had a chat and was like, "Listen, we gotta like stay on this," but not like what we just did, not which like was to turn did. it off mid November and not show back <laughs> up until see yeah now. Yeah. So anyways, we're back on the train for 2023. Took some time off after a super hectic November and then Christmas and all that stuff happened and kind of got away from it. But now we're back in 2023 and ready to rock and roll again. Yeah. So here we are. Episode 202. Uh, Wade. Yeah. Would you rather. Ready. See 10 minutes into the future or see 150 years into the future. 10 minutes. Explain yourself. I'm not going to be around 150 years. But what if you knew what was about to happen, which would change, like the world changes between now and then things have to happen to, to end up at what the world's like in 150 Mm -hmm. years. So what if in 150 years you knew that every car in the world was a Tesla and all the other manufacturers went out, you could now make investments today that maybe would really pay off in 20 years, knowing that all they've done is grow. But in 10 minutes, all you know is that I chose not to kick you in the nuts when I walked by your office. Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah, Which is pretty valuable too. <laughs> Equally as valuable. Equally as valuable. Yeah. yeah. I just think 150 is too far out. So let's clear, Let's add to this question. See 10 minutes in the future all the time or one time? Ooh. Like if it was a one-time snapshot? Yeah. I thought that's what this was. One-time snapshot. You see what happens. In, like for, right now, it'd be awful. You're still going to be sitting in this chair talking nonsense right. in 10 minutes 10, from now. Oh, yeah. Now we're going to be talking about this. So one-time snapshot, I take the 150 years for sure. Continuously 10 minutes in the future, I take that one. Yeah. Imagine. Imagine. You would always just know a little bit sooner. Are you the same? 150 if it's a snapshot, 10 minutes if it's a continuum. Yeah. I guess I thought it was like, I guess I thought it was a continuum. Like I thought I was going to be able to just kind of like live 10 minutes in the future. Oh yeah, no, yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay, fine. Would you rather, would you rather ride a bull one time? So yeah. you get on like super dangerous bull ride at one time. Yeah. No helmet, no nothing. Just yeah. like your city self gets on a bull. Yeah. Or would you rather run with the bulls where there's like 30 of them chasing you down an alley and there's like, there's nowhere to go. Um, you ever seen those guys running with the bulls in the port? Like some of them, some people get away scot-free or they, they like, they branch off and take off and they don't go all the way through. Yeah. But the guys that don't get out. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I like, I think I'd have to do ride the bull. And, and the idea behind that is that I probably don't last very long anyways. <laughs> I'm like, I like get on and then I fall off pretty fast and then. Yeah, I don't know. I don't imagine I get 
stomped or hurt. But like when you're running with the bulls, you have a lot of things to worry about. You have all the people around you to worry about and all of the bulls to worry about. And then, but if it's like bull, it's just like, it's one-on-one. It's like me and him. And then I have to figure it out. Yeah. This is a really tough one. I feel like I would also, for the same reason as you, it's like, it's a time thing. It's like, yeah. it's eight seconds and then it's hopefully over as long as I'm not, it's like, not eight seconds. messed up You're for the rest of life. You're not staying on a bull for no, eight no, seconds. No, no, but even if you get bucked off the first one, it takes you, whatever, 10 seconds to yeah. get out of, to get out of there. If yeah. you're lucky. Assuming you're the thing lucky. doesn't turn around and be like, well, you're dead now. Yeah. Um, but the other one is like, with, running with the bulls, I, like, I just don't like running, period. <laughs> that sounds exhausting. <laughs> <laughs> and with having no out. So, yeah, man, watching bull riding is just like, that's a crazy man sport. You have to be not right in the head to do that. It's wild. Mm-hmm. Um, last one. Would you rather have universal respect from everybody, regardless of what you do? People just respect you. Mm-hmm. Or have unlimited power? I would take unlimited power. Yeah, I didn't like this one because I figured that was an obvious answer. I would rather have unlimited power too. I feel, feel like people, for the most part, respect people who have power. So if you had unlimited, as long as you're not a... Uh, I don't know that they they like automatically like people like that. No, that's true. I take it back. I'd rather be respected. No, I'm just kidding. I would rather have the unlimited power too. Like there's no there's not can, enough confines around that question. Yeah. It's like, sure. You can power. do, like you can make decisions that would then ultimately have people respect you. Sure. You could use with unlimited power. You could use your power. So anyway, I cleaned up the oceans today. What'd you do? Right. Like I'd respect the hell out of somebody if they had called one day. Yep. So fair enough. All right. Well, that's enough of that nonsense. Uh, We'll get on to the topic of the day today, which is pretty generic itself. Uh, Letting go. Oh yeah. Letting go is empowering. Yes. So they say. So this is your idea and it was a good one. It's like, it's pretty broad, but it's like, it's broad in what types of things you can let go of, but the result of doing that is like always empowering and like better, a better you and a better business and everything else. So this one's a little bit more contractor focused, I would think, but also yeah. personal lives as well. Letting go of things that are like weighing on you. But that's yeah. not exactly the path we were taking. That we wasn't were, the path I was taking. We were going down different things like as a business owner, as a contractor. Yeah. Letting go of certain things and how much that can like improve your own mental state and improve your business. And well. physical state and everything, right? Like, it's like a half a half a mental wellness podcast as well. Yeah, because it'll do that exactly. So. so the these are not in a list of any sort. Well, it is a list, but it's an un, unordered list of just things we're going to chat about. So yeah. the first of all is letting go of that employee who's not working out. Yeah. So the the reason why this is important to talk about is because people generally like to stay comfortable and avoid conflict and avoid tough decisions. And uncomfortable conversations. Like nobody wants to, nobody wants to fire somebody. Certainly. Yeah. That's not true. I have fired a few people I liked firing, but. <laughs> but it's not a fun thing to do. You know, like if you, if you get off on firing people, like you're an awful person, then you don't get my universal respect. Okay. <laughs> well, I'll use my power to try and get that back somehow. <laughs> but even so, even if you are like, I need to fire this person, it creates complications in yes. your life too. So then you got to replace them. And then how do you get the next person to be a better person? Certainly. Your fault or their fault. And like, there's lots of things that go. And it also like, it ultimately means you're going to have to do more work. Right. Immediately. Yeah. Like in the interim. But I like what Gary Fee, Gary Fee says. Gary Fee <laughs> says. If is, you don't know him as cousin Gary V. <laughs> right. Cousins with different last names. Same first name though. We're yeah. Don't really weird. Um, but he, uh, he has a quote where he says, hire slow, fire fast. 
It's like, take your time making sure you find the right people. Yep. But if it ain't working out, now is the time. Not like, not wait and see. Like, if you know, if you already know, you know, this is an unsolvable situation. This is the thing. People know. People do know. You always know. And you hang on trying to be like, well, not because you think it's actually going to get better, but because you're, you're avoiding the difficult conversation, yeah. the, the change in your workflows, you're changing your personal life because of what's happening, whatever. And you try to just like hang in there and you, you come up with all sorts of compromise in your head and be like, well, it's probably better to have somebody than nobody. And the other thing that, um, that happens probably in like a retail setting a little bit more than in a contractor setting is that you think maybe you can move this person around. Right. And it's like, well, maybe they're not really good in the yard, but maybe they'd be good inside or maybe they're not good inside and they could be outside. That's certainly possible that sometimes people are just the right people, wrong seat kind of scenario, but that's possible. But sometimes it's just, sometimes it's just wrong person, wrong people. Yeah. No seats, not a seat (laughs) for that person. Have a seat anywhere. Seats on the bus. Yeah. Your seats leaving (laughs) in 15 minutes. You're going to want to grab your shit and get out of here. Yeah, exactly. Uh, So yeah, I think the moral story is here. I, I, I'd like to live by Gary Vee's words of like hire slow, fire fast, take your time, make sure you get the right person. But if it's not working out and it's causing stress and conflict and it's like, there's a, they say it's, it takes more than one person to make a team, but it only takes one person to ruin a team. Yeah. If that's the one person is ruining the culture in your business and the vibe and there's conflict and it's just not working and it's being reflected in your outward towards your customers and everything else. And it's just like ruining everything. It's just like, it's, it was time a while ago. You just got to end that. Got to let go. Got to go. And then once you do commit to that decision, the amount of this like, oh, right? The relief. The next day. And the excitement about getting better and having another chance to yeah. fix that problem. So, yep. If it's not working, it's not working. Next up is delegating your tasks. Oh, yeah. Which is also, I mean, these are all difficult. I don't need to say it in every single one, but like this is a difficult thing to do too, especially for an entrepreneur or a contractor who's started the business doing everything. And if they're really particular about things, it's hard to let go of things. Yeah. How many times have you heard that from contractors? It's like, well, I like, I'm the one who builds the decks because like nobody else builds as good as I do. Mm -hmm. And that's like, well, then that's your fault. You need, you need to teach them to build as good as you do. You need to show them and then let them. Yeah. Whoever that person is. Yeah. Find the right people, train them properly. Yeah. Set your expectations and learn and continue. Like, and then, Cycle it all back again. Learn, yep. train, and yeah. feedback, and continue. So you got to let go. And if you don't want to let go of that part, if you're fine being a one crew show, and like that's okay too. We're not saying you have to scale and give your stuff away. But if you're overwhelmed and you can't do your own job properly or run your business properly because you've just got too much on your plate and you, you, have, you don't have the capacity to do it all, yeah. you need to delegate off the things that you don't want to do or that you don't do well. Yeah. So... <clears throat> You're like the best at nailing and blocking. You're like amazing at it. You're like, I, I'm a, I'm the best deck builder and I nail blocking better than anyone. Yeah. But I hate doing estimates. It's like, come on, buddy. Think about this for a second. Like you run your company. <laughs> yeah. You need to be the one doing the estimates. That's what makes, that's what makes your company go. Not but, nailing straight blocking. But if you don't enjoy doing the estimates... <clears throat> And you're not, so there's, there's, there's the matrix, right? There's the four things you have to be good at what you're doing. You have to enjoy doing it. If you're neither good at it, nor do you enjoy doing it, that's those are the first tasks that you're supposed to find somebody else to do. Delegate those things first. I don't enjoy it and I'm not really that good at it. So what are you doing it for? The tricky ones are the ones that you enjoy doing, but you're no good at it. Yeah. 
or the ones that even trickier, you're really good at it, I but you hate doing it. it. Yeah. Which is the blocking. I don't imagine anybody is like, yeah, loves doing it. But it's blocking like, it. Well, maybe you need to adjust your expectations in the blocking too. That's right. Um, but you delegate those tasks. The first things are things you're not good at and, you're, and you don't enjoy doing. Get rid of those immediately. Those are the ones that have to go right away. Yeah. Um, and you basically the goal is to keep as many of the things that you enjoy doing as possible. And the ones that you enjoy doing and you're good at, you don't ever let those go. Those are like the, that's what, that's what feeds your soul and gives you purpose in what you're doing is yeah. those items. So in between, so. like really good at it, like the ones that you're not enjoying at all, or I would say the, the, the primary ones to get rid of. Yeah. So even if you're good at it, but you don't enjoy doing it, get rid of it. What yeah. do you figure? What's something you've delegated recently that you didn't want to do? Ooh. In the last, like what, whatever, your whole life, let's say. We won't narrow it down to the last month. But something that you used to do, you didn't think you could let go of it because of any reason. You liked it, or you're really good at it, or you were fearful that the person doing it couldn't do it as well, or didn't have as much skin in the game, or like, you got something? Probably sales on the floor, for me, would be the biggest thing. Like, I enjoy selling. Yeah. And I thought that I did it better than a lot of people. Yeah. Like, so why'd you give it up? Because you had to. <laughs> you want to scale. Want to do other things, right? Yeah, I can't. Like, I couldn't be in Saskatoon. It's yeah. not possible. Um, but there was other things that needed to be done, and at that, like, you gave it up to work on the business. Yeah. Instead of working in it. Yeah, or doing a different job, right? Doing like the looking after some of the managed installs. Yeah. Like that's okay. I don't love doing that. I don't love doing the managed install stuff. Right. Uh, but I have more construction knowledge than other people in our team so that works well because like we can problem solve through how to connect to the house and how to tie a roof structure in and like right. but if i could just do what i wanted to do i'd probably just continue to sell I think. so i've got a couple examples too you went you went the other direction and and talked about giving up one you didn't want to give up which is fine too and so i'll give an example of that as well last year like i gave up the a lot of the marketing of this company oh yeah which is that's that's what I wanted to do. It's what I went to school to do. It's what I really like doing. Yeah. And I gave it up and I feel like I was good at it and I gave it up and I don't feel like that worked. It didn't like, I lost, I wasn't happy giving it up, but it was like, it was just something off my plate. Yep. And now it's kind of come back to me and I'm like enjoying it again. Mm -hmm. Another example, the other way is updating price lists or creating POs. Do I enjoy those specific things? Do I enjoy the ordering process and the data and stuff behind that? I enjoy that stuff. Yep. But the tedious task of the data entry and like, that stuff, the monotonous stuff, I don't enjoy that. So that, I've offloaded. So that's good because I was like, was I good at it? Sure. But is it is it hard for somebody else to be good at that? No. No. No, it's easy to somebody else to be good at it too. And yeah. I, didn't, I didn't hate it, but it doesn't do anything for me. It doesn't, I don't enjoy it. And it frees up time for me to do something I do enjoy. Yeah. And that, that does require maybe a more specific skill set too. Typing things on a computer isn't a real skilled thing, but like knowing how to brand and market a business, a little bit more than mm -hmm. data entry. So, yep. Um, next one is switching suppliers. So this could be for the contractor or for a retailer or for anybody really. Yeah. Just changing your relationships, your business relationships, I guess, in general. Changing relationships. Yeah. But if you're finding, like I see this often in the Facebook groups for contractors where they're like, they're not getting treated right. And so they're like, yeah, oh, has this guy's ever happened to you? Guys? Do, you think like, they're really, like, <clears throat> do you think they're really not getting treated right? Or do you think they're like watching everybody else's social and thinking like, I want to get treated like that. 
Yeah, maybe. But everybody maybe posts some of that too. only the best stuff on social. They don't ever post the bad stuff. But I've seen some like, it's hard to say because like you only, like your perspectives are are generated from your own life, yeah. your own world around you, your own yeah. life experience. So when people complain about things as a contractor, they're maybe not seeing it from the other side of things, whereas somebody else may have a more, a different perspective on things. So maybe, but my point is like, I've seen guys on their, you know, they get a delivery of decking or something. And there's a whole bunch of it damaged yeah. or something on the load. And it's like, they show up and they can't get the job done and stuff's all damaged. And then what they're saying, and I just sometimes even find it hard to believe, but, but if it's true, it's like lumberyard won't return any of this. They say whatever, they're going to charge me a stocking fee or whatever. And it's like, seriously? Yeah. They won't like, yeah. I don't care how much business you put through them. The right thing for them to do is to correct that problem. And if they're refusing to, uh, find a new supplier to a new supplier then. Cause that seems egregious, but yeah. Or like at least go interview a new supplier. Sure. Just go and sit down and be like, Hey, contractor service guy, here's an example of what happened. What, yeah. like, what would you do in this scenario? And be like, Oh man, we would take that back. It's yeah. like, that's what I need that to be. That's the answer. I need that to be. Yeah. It needs to be a relationship. It's it's a business relationship yeah. between a, a dealer or a lumberyard and, we special contract. ordered it in. It's like, okay, well then you take that back to the people that you go sent talk it. to your vendor then. Yeah. 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 So there's certainly that. Um, and, but, but I think sometimes too, as a contractor, you need to remember that it is supposed to be a, this mutual relationship. So you don't expect every to bend over backwards only for you. Make sure that you're also being a fair customer as well. That's right. But in that scenario, it's like, uh, yeah, you're being fair. You should expect material that shows up to, to not be all wrecked. Right. But <laughs> if you were, say you get a delivery and you have one wrecked board, yeah, it's like, okay, well, find out where you can use that. Maybe yeah. you can cut it up and put it on the stairs or maybe it can be, maybe there's a landing and you can chop it all up and use it on the landing. Or yeah, it's and a, be reasonable. Don't phone somebody and blast them because you got one. Yeah. Like, you know, or just, it's like, maybe you're going to do a three-sided picture frame and you have a chance to rip that busted edge off yeah. and put it against the house. It's like, just think for a little bit, right? Help each other succeed, yeah. Yeah, and then you, or you got some twisted boards. It's like the, they sent you out 32 by 10s and two of them are walk, like just whacked, like super wonky. It's like, well, no problem. You're going to put blocking in. You love doing it. Lay that off to the side. And you're super good at and it. So you should be able to work with that board. <laughs> so, yeah, exactly. Yeah, and for us on the dealer side too, it's like, it's very relationship driven who you're, who you're willing to resell their products for. Yep. So you can have a great product, but if you don't have a, good support like vendor a good vendor on the support end yeah then maybe it's not a good relationship to have relationship to have even if the product is really really good yep. but if they can't support you properly and they can't you know have logistically serve you properly and if they can't understand or are not willing to understand your business then maybe it just doesn't work or if you're not able to get appropriate margins from that product it's yep. like need to work with you. So we've had, like we have run-ins with some vendors sometimes and they're just like, they have expectations of you that are unfair. That yes. you shouldn't be allowed to, like, it's okay you don't make money on our product, just make money with the stuff you sell with it. No, no, no. I should be able to, I should be able to make a margin on everything I sell. That's right. I shouldn't have to sell your product just to make them, have to sell things with it to make the money over there. I sh you should be building your business in a way that your dealer network, your retailers, anybody who buys from you is able to also make money on that and yep. then support them properly. Like, yep. So there's a lot of ways that you can work with and it doesn't always need to be firm on our end too. It's like, here's our expectations, but we can, yeah, we're flexible too. Right. So, yep. You bet.
Live in the gray a little That's right. bit. Uh, dropping bad customers. <sighs> yeah. So for uh, like this one's pretty common for all contractors. You always, everybody has stories of a bad customer experience they've had where they just like, and it's usually always starts with like, had a bad feeling. And like I knew ahead of time, my gut said, and I still did it. And now I'm regretting it. And it's like, yeah, every time. All your Every gut. single time. A lot easier to say no before anything happens than to like find Even yourself in the Even just give the deposit it. back. You know what I mean? Like yeah. if you if you get as far in as, oh yeah, <laughs> that sucks. As long as you, uh, like you get so far in, you're about to start and it turns out that it's just awful and it, and the flags are flying and you're like, no problem. I'll just, I'll just give you your money back. Yeah. Like I don't need this. Yeah, sometimes because you're going to end up giving your losses. Yeah, you're going to end up losing a bunch of that anyways. Yeah, you're like, that's going to happen. Yeah, you're going to end up cutting costs at the end, or or cutting into your margin to be like, whatever. How about you owe me ten? I'll take seven, and you go away. Yeah. So you might as well just give them all their money back at the start. Yeah, because that can go on forever. I saw a post recently in um <clears throat> in a facebook group and it wasn't even related to decking but it was a contractor and i think it was i think it was windows or something doesn't really matter flooring actually it was flooring and the guy was like i just got this one star review from this customer and he's like i don't know how to deal with this kind of situation like the situation was we got some product some of the some of the product was damaged we couldn't get it anymore because it was a discontinued product or something we couldn't get anymore so i've like i went back to the to the vendor or to the supplier or whatever and said what's the solution here? How do we file a warranty claim with this? And then he's like, and I just haven't heard back from them yet. So, and now all of a sudden I get this one, one star review from the customer who's blaming me for all this and saying that I'm not supporting, but it's not true. I did try to support yada, yada, yada. And it sounds like from his perspective, it's like, oh, that sucks. Like you're trying to help, but the customer's not being reasonable. Problem is the flooring was installed in September of 2020. It's January, 2023, and there's not been a resolve to this yet. And so, uh, yeah, I'd be choked if that was a customer too. And so poor customer experience, yeah. yes. But if this customer was being unreasonable, Boy, this should have been settled a long, long time ago. Two and a half years. But in this case, it doesn't sound like, like the customer's like the pretty pretty viable grape here yeah, as well. I would think so. But if that's not the case, if we're not reading that right, and this customer was difficult from day one, then this should have been cut and resolved back then. What are you doing? Like, yeah. You should have cleared this out. How is this going on two and a half years later? Yeah. You've got to find the resolve, even if it means you might have to eat it a little bit or something. I don't know what's... Don't know the whole story. Oh, the point is, it's like, can you imagine hang, having that hanging on your back for two and a half years? God, when it was over, you'd feel so much relief. Right. right? That's one of the things that's the best about dealing with some, some like awful customers. It's yep. just like weighing on you. And then when you finally deal with it, it's, it's just like, oh, there. Yep. Done. Yep. Hundred percent. So yeah. <laughs> um, the last one's kind of related to delegating a little bit, but it's hiring a team. So this is, this is kind of letting go of of some of your tasks. I guess we're just kind of retouching on this again. But um, mm -hmm. a lot of contractors start out doing everything. They're the accountant and the bookkeeper. They're the marketing guy. They're the salesperson. Yeah, and I think that's a really good way to think of that. Is your team is like the accountant and the bookkeeper, right? That's like they're part of your team. Yeah. And a lot of people are afraid to um, take on that overhead when they don't aren't super comfortable with what the revenue is that they're bringing in. It's too early. They're like, yeah. I don't feel comfortable. I'm barely making enough money for myself. Don't know what I'm making. Yeah, the thing is with 
like a bookkeeper, it's it's essentially paper. You essentially can get somebody who's paper use on contract. Correct. You're only using them if you're actually doing work. If yes. you cut receipts and things to submit and invoices out there, well, you're making money. Like you're 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 doing the job. You might not be making money. Well, you might not be, but but they'll help figure that. They'll out. They'll tell you <laughs> if you are, because yeah. they'll put it all together, and it, you know, they'll be like, "Well, you didn't make any money this month." The point and is, it's a like, it's oh. a cost that's associated linearly with the amount of work you're doing. Yes. So you yeah. do one job, you need an account a bookkeeper a little bit. Yeah. You do ten jobs, you need a little bit more. You do hundred jobs, you need them a lot. Like yeah. it just grows with your revenue. So you just need to make sure that cost is in there. Yeah. That you're able to pay for it, but don't be afraid. It's not going to cost you anything if you're not using it. Correct. So, yeah. Uh, and then the marketing stuff too, and all these positions. So if you don't like, if you don't enjoy doing sales and you don't like that part of it, you just want the guy nailing up that beautiful blocking and you're not good at sales. It's scary to be like, well, I can't go hire a salesperson. I'm only making enough, whatever. But think about how much better that salesperson might do. Yeah, what if they start might, selling jobs that you could never sell? Right. You could only sell 10 and 10K jobs and they start selling 30K jobs. And they have the ability to like fully provide the value picture to a customer, which means they start adding on the, maybe the more profitable services, like installing the lighting or something like that. And all of a sudden you're making more money and your sales double overnight because you hired the salesperson that you didn't think you could afford. Yep. Now, not only are you paying their wage, but you're making a better wage yourself. Yeah. And the marketing and that, team, you weren't yeah. doing a great job of that. It's like, yeah, now you have to hire a helper. Yeah. Which you didn't have before. Yeah. So, so it's, but there's no doubt it's a scary thing to do. Like, oh yeah, we can sit here on this pedestal and talk about it, but Hey, it took us how many years to hire a bookkeeper too, right? Like these are learned lessons. Yes. <laughs> We're not just inherently smart about these things, yeah. but took it's two. like when it happened finally, it was like, holy <sighs> man, like what were we doing? Yeah. That's the whole point of this is like, it's empowering to finally let go, figure yeah. things out. Yeah. Uh, and the last one we'll discuss is changing the process or the systems, changing oh, the process. Oh, yeah. You often hear about people that are like, well, it's just how we've always done it. I hate and that you, phrase. <laughs> and you don't want to change it because it's like you are efficient with it maybe, or you feel like you are. It's just like you don't want to relearn something new. You don't want to slow yourself down. Why do you do it that way? Oh, I don't know. It's just how we've always done it. And so sometimes maybe you need to step, step back and have a look at things from a different perspective and see, is there a way for us to improve this process? Sure. It's kind of working, but yeah. what if it could be better? And that's where these, like these networking groups or whatever, like for example, the Academy boardroom thing that they're doing on Fridays, it's like gives people a chance to discuss their process and talk about their stuff out loud. Yeah. It's not that yours isn't working or that it's even broken, but maybe somebody just has a really good idea that you can implement into your process. Yeah. Or even take part of it. Maybe yeah. you don't need the whole thing. Maybe exactly. you just need part of theirs. Yeah. So just something you haven't thought of before, or maybe you thought about it. And now you found somebody else who's doing it and they can tell you like, Oh no, it does work. Yeah. Like here's the result of doing that. And it's like, Oh, well that was the kick in the butt I needed to actually like want to invest the time or yeah. money or whatever it is into this. Yeah. So there's like changing websites. Yeah. Maybe that. <laughs> so it's just like, I think always review your processes at some point and see if there's a better way to do things. I had a talk with our GM here this morning and it was like, He's going to be up at our other store, Saskatoon, helping do inventory and training and stuff up there. And it's like, I want you to, when you're there, to have a look at that warehouse and see how you would do it differently. Because people get comfortable in what their environment is and yeah. it becomes normalized. So here, it's like, you get used to a mess if it stays there for too long. And then that mess becomes okay. Yeah. Right? And so when you have fresh eyes on something, it's like, well, it doesn't look ideal that the garbage is pulled out in the middle, like whatever it is. Yeah. The garbage is pulled out in the middle. Of, like, that's not a good look. But for somebody who walks by it every day, it's like, 
Well, it's just where you don't even it, notice it. It's anymore. where it is. Yeah, yeah. It's good I always feel like <clears throat> I always feel like the store is always just a little bit messier, just a little bit more unorganized. Yeah. than the other one, but yeah. So it's good to have them come and see each other and visit. I know that. Um, I know that when our yard guy from Saskatoon came down here and spent a couple of days in the Regina store, he went back and he redid a whole bunch of stuff in in Saskatoon when he got back there. I was like, oh, they do this and they have a filing system like that. And we never had that. And like, he did it right away. He like yeah. drug a filing cabinet out and started getting it ready. And so for us, that's great because now when I go to look for documents, they're in the same place in Saskatoon as they are in Regina. Yeah. It's like, so and some of that's on us. Like you, you can put systems into a certain, to a, to a certain degree. Yes. It's very important of the systems in there so that there is consistency, but some pl- sometimes the implementation of the system isn't, Sometimes it's a little bit loosey-goosey. It's the traction. Right. And so one guy might read something and implement it one way, and another guy might read something and implement it a little bit differently. Yep. Uh, or maybe the system's not good enough, and you find that out because you're both doing things very differently. It's like, clearly we haven't communicated an, an yep. appropriate process for this yet because they're, kind, they're both kind of winging it. Correct. Yep. And having those different shared experiences can help you to kind of like define that process. Yeah. It's like, yeah. So... Okay, well, that's all. Anything else you wanted to add on the on the fly for uh, letting go? Letting go, being empowering. No, not really. I don't have anything to... No. Well, thanks for your contributions today, Wade. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I came up with a list. <clears throat> you did come up. This was your topic idea, so uh, I can't completely... Uh, no, you for not coming up with any more. Yeah. You already burnt out the brain energy there. That's it. That's all I got. Alrighty, well, we're heading to uh, WRLA next week, and we're heading to IBS yes. at the end of the month. Yeah, Winnipeg, Sunday for me, Wednesday for you, mm-hmm. and then IBS, we're going together. Yep, with any luck. That's direct. Regina oh, to Vegas, we have smokes. a fighting chance. How did we one. get that all lined up? Yep. Monday, so, what is it, Monday to Thursday, I think? So that'd be good. So if you're out either, uh, feel free to hit us up and we'll see you there. Other than that, we expect you to tune in next week and listen to us again. See you later. Hey, thank you for listening to the Ultimate Deck Podcast. Now you know what we're about. Check the site, come and shop. UltimateDeckShop.com. Hit us right away for sponsorships. So tell us if you want to collaborate. Let's go. Check us out on any social networks. Thank you for listening. <laughs>